Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Integration Chronicles, the only podcast focused on ecosystem integration brought to you by Clio. We're your host, Tushar Patel. And I'm Frank Kenny. Ecosystem integration is the modern innovative way to extend and augment B2B integration. It takes a process-centric approach to orchestrate, connect, and integrate the core revenue-generating interactions and operational services. Partners, shippers, carriers, enterprise applications, and e-commerce marketplaces can leverage API, EDI, and file-based integrations on the same ecosystem integration platform, all with the necessary governance and control optimized to support mission-critical interactions in real, just-in-time, and batched cycles. Every couple of weeks, we will dig into relevant topics with industry leaders and integration experts with a specific tilt towards the supply chain. You'll learn how to grow your business faster, pick up best practices for scaling your organization, and discover new ways to drive operational efficiencies. Follow us to get up-to-date alerts when new episodes are available. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Integration Chronicles. My name is Tushar Patel, and I am your host here. I am the CMO at Clio. And today I have a phenomenal guest with me, somebody who every single time I get on the phone with, I always learn something new. Um, and today I have Jeff Copper. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tushar. Sure. Appreciate it. All right. Well, Jeff is EVP and practice leader at CAT, and he has actually ownership over a couple of different disciplines over at CAT and comes to us with a, a huge background and, and tremendous amounts of experience on the EDI side and the integration space. So, Jeff, why don't you tell us a little about yourself, uh, what you do at CAT, and a little bit about CAT as well. Absolutely. Thanks, Tushar. So, so my name's Jeff Copper. I live uh, in Orlando, Florida now. I've lived here for about 20 years. I really cut my teeth from a, from a systems perspective back in 96 at Toyota. Um, Toyota is a, a well-known car maker across the globe. Uh, what they are not well-known for is their EDI prowess. But back in the late 90s, EDI um, was very foreign to them. And they decided to really get on the bandwagon. And they went around. One of the organizations that I worked for within Toyota was uh, the steel industry and getting, getting the material from the steel mills into uh, the, the motor manufacturing plants. And all of that was very arcade. They did not have a way to, to really electronically do that. And uh, the American Iron and Steel Institute put up a system called Comport. Very basic, started out um, without a standard, like an ANSI X12 standard in, in the EDI space. Um, and I cut my teeth going around to the various steel mills, trying to get them on board to understand the benefits of transmitting shipping notices and purchase orders electronically. Um, so, so that's really where I cut my teeth in the automotive industry, especially around the, from an EDI standpoint. Uh, I have worked in many different uh, ERPs and practices uh, across my career. Uh, now I'm one of the partners and owners of, of CNA Technology. Uh, 
I lead the J.D. Edwards practice, and we have a, a very unique EDI managed service offering uh, that provides not only EDI support, but also that back-end ERP support. So um, that's what I do for CAT. CAT as, a, as an organization, it's, it's a short for CNA technology. We call ourselves CAT. We are a systems integrator. Uh, we differentiate ourselves really by doing business first and technology second. Even though technology is in our name, we always want to make sure that we're having conversations with our clients around how to maximize their business potential and utilize the technology that they have uh, as the forerunner or catalyst for that change or optimization that they're trying to do. That's fantastic. And that's actually a great segue, Jeff, into our topic today. Our topic today is maximizing your EDI investment. And really our, our conversation today is going to revolve around how do you take EDI, which is many times viewed by executives as a cost center, to making it a value center. And, and for those of us who are in integrations and, and is, you know, are responsible for EDI, we know how much of a value EDI brings to our business. And Jeff, you walked through a little bit of that with your experience at Toyota and, and what you're able to do there. And so that's what we're going we're gonna to start with today. So Jeff, does that, does that work for you? And, and uh, I may throw you a couple of curveballs along the way. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it does too, Shard. You know, I have that conversation with, with prospects and clients all the time. What are they doing with EDI? Are they doing it because they're customer required? Most of our clients do it simply because it's a customer requirement and they don't look at the big picture, how to maximize that investment. And a lot of times they don't even understand the investment that they've made and the capability that they have. You know, and, and it, what's interesting is, you know, having, having been in technology for, for, many years, that's not uncommon, right? Especially right. when you think about all the different technologies that businesses have to utilize nowadays. They've got to think about e-commerce software, ERP, CRM. And in our, in our industry where we deal with a lot of supply chain related organizations, you're also thinking about a TMS and a WMS as well on top mm -hmm. of that. And, and then you have all your desktop applications, you have your Slack and and you know, your, your PC applications and, and, and all that that you have to worry about. And so sometimes everything just kind of, you look at everything and it's really hard to look at the big picture and say, how is this adding value to my business? And so I know you've got three or four areas that you, know, you and I have spoken about um, multiple times before, where when you think about EDI, how EDI can add value to your business. And you know, the first one you and I talk about is this whole area of just manual entry and how you can eliminate manual entry with EDI. And, and, and you think about all these different systems out there and how much automation is available, yet so many organizations choose to do things manually. So how can EDI help organizations, uh, especially those organizations where they're looking at um, you know, replacing manual efforts with automation? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And you know, I'm gonna, I'll start off by, by first saying, if you've made the investment to do electronic data, you, you've dipped your toe in the pool. You're a whole lot um, further than a lot of other organizations. And maybe that gives you a competitive advantage. 
But when it comes to really maximizing that that value and, and getting away from the manual processes, if, if, if you think about an organization that's not doing EDI, that's cutting purchase orders and, and shipping notices manually, and, and it's paper-driven or sneaker-net-driven, there's so much more left on the table, so to speak. One of the things that I often see, and, and I call it rip and read, even when customers are using EDI, they'll bring the electronic data in into a standards-based format, and then they'll print it off as a PDF, and then they'll go and do the manual entry. That's not maximizing the investment you made. So it's you've got to dip your toe in the pool, but then you also you you just got a cannonball. You've got to jump in and understand the value that's there. And be able to, to start doing some of those things that are hard. Being able to do things electronically. First, it means you got to get your team on board. You've got to get your customers and your vendors on board. But once you start doing that, you start to see if I can eliminate some of the manual processes, I eliminate some of that manual entry, that fat fingering. I start to reduce some of those errors. And ultimately, over time, I start saving my organization time because I'm not having to do those redundant processes over and over and over. You know, for example, if you go if you go to the doctor, you have to fill out a form and then you turn right around, you fill out the same form with two different words on it. And it's just a repetitive thing. And eventually you're going to make mistakes on that form. And that's a lot of the way that I see purchase orders and invoices and ASNs that come through from an EDI standpoint, the more that we can eliminate the human touch and let the computers that we've made all these investments in do their job, the better off we're going to be. Absolutely, Jeff. And, and you know, I was looking for a stat here that, um, you know, our organization does, so Clio does a survey every year and, and we, we, we put out a survey to the entire industry. It's not just customers, but it's prospects, customers, partners, anybody who we have in our ecosystem. And what we learned last year is, or last year we did the, let me, let me take a step back. We, we did the survey at the end of 2020. So, you know, kind of right in the middle of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we announced our results back in um, uh, late January, early February. And what's interesting that we found is uh, up to 43% of the organizations that were surveyed lose up to $1 million a year in lost revenue. And a majority of that has to do with errors from manual entry, right? Like you said, it doesn't matter how good you are as as an individual, human errors are bound to happen, even if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Mm I like the fact that you said sneaker net. You know, we always use the word uh, swivel chair integrations, right? Because you're picking up data from one place, <laughs> swiveling around to a table. If you can imagine me doing that right now and typing it into another terminal. And, and we see that all the time. And organizations who typically will invest the dollars to eliminate that manual entry, um, not only save time and money, but, you know, ultimately it's going to hit your bottom line in, in a positive way. You're going to you know, lose less revenue and, and generate more profits. So um, I'm glad that you brought that up because it is definitely something that we're seeing in the market and in the industry as an area 
that a lot of organizations are investing in. Well, one of the things too, Char, from a, from a time-saving standpoint, right? It's very hard for organizations. They, they may have a 24 by seven organization manufacturing floor to produce their products, but it's really hard to staff that, that back office. 24 by seven. So let's let the computers do what they do best and schedule those things, schedule EDI on a 24 by seven basis. Let's have all those orders come to us in the morning instead of having to do all that swivel chair gymnastics. Absolutely. And you know, what's interesting is the world is, is getting more complex, right? What we, what we have noticed with a lot of our organizations that we work with and, and organizations that, that we just have conversations with is their ecosystems are becoming more and more complex. It used to be manual orders and or EDI, and now you've got to deal with APIs as well. Uh, and you're dealing with marketplaces, you're dealing with e-commerce platforms, you're dealing with uh, you know trading partners that are investing in their systems and, and putting a lot of change requests into you as well. So you've just got a fluid and dynamic environment that you're working with. And the more manual efforts that you have in that entire process, it actually you know, in, in introduces significant risk into your business. So um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that you, you brought that up here today. So as we, as we think about EDI though, Jeff, and, and you think about just integration as a whole, um, you know, this whole topic of how do you make better business decisions leveraging EDI and leveraging integration? So when you think about making better business decisions, because, and the reason I bring this up is most organizations look at EDI or, or integration, they look at it as infrastructure. They don't look at it as a, a tool or a platform or an asset to help them make better business decisions. In your experience, how has EDI and integration platforms enabled organizations to make better business decisions? Yeah, so Tushar, let's, let's start with what I call the Fab Five, right? That is the kind of the, the soup to nuts of normal EDI. I have to do a purchase order and an acknowledgement, a change, and I have to do a, a ship notice and an invoice. That helps me to some degree, but those are all customer-driven transactions. One of the things that you can utilize EDI for is in that realm of making better business decisions and understanding from a production scheduling standpoint, what is my capacity right now? What is my vendor's capacity to ship me product so I can take that raw good and make it finished goods? Understanding better what my inventory management position is, whether that's through VMI, whether that's through uh, third-party logistics organizations, what is my overall uh, inventory management and what are my terms? All of that data can be gotten with EDI transactions and we just never use them. One of the things that, that EDI, EDI does really good for us is give us advanced knowledge of things being able to predict what our supply chain needs, being able to predict what our suppliers can afford to give us at this given time, especially in these times, right? We see shortages and back orders all the time. 
And being able to understand that, one, it, it's going to get us to the point where we have satisfied customers where we can be upfront with them. Right? I see uh, way too often in the industry, promise delivery dates changing over and over and over, which upsets the balance of production scheduling, capacity planning, and being able to do uh, materials planning. So a lot of those, if we would take kind of the, it, it, I talked earlier about putting our toe in the, in the pool. If, if we'd step all the way in and be able to do some of those more obscure EDI transactions, we're able to make better business decisions by leveraging the technology that we've all made the investment in. We just have to do it. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, when you think about that technology investment and, and you think about making better business decisions, and you talked about a couple of things that resonated with me, right? Obviously, Clio is a, is a vendor, so I'm, I'm, I'm 100% unbiased when I say this. <laughs> but one of the things is, you know, you need a software platform that can give you that visibility. Too often I see uh, EDI tools, right? And I, and I use that word very, very specifically because a lot of times these tools might allow you to accept that order, might allow you to, to integrate into the back end. In your case, you see it all the time with, the, with, with, with JDE. But what a lot of those tools don't give you is the real-time insights, it's the end-to-end -end visibility into what is happening with that transaction. Did, you, did that transaction get um, caught up somewhere in between you know, all the web of systems that you have internally? Because every, every organization is different in terms of the path that a particular document has to flow through in order to get into that backend ERP. Um, or was it a mistake that came inbound from your trading partner and, and so on and so forth? And, and if you have all of that data in a single platform, and then you have different views, right? Different persona-based views, because somebody who's in production may have a completely different view of what they're looking for than somebody who is an EDI admin or an EDI developer who is looking, who is looking for one particular transaction, right? So having the ability to, to see the forest from the weeds and, and forest from the trees, but mm -hmm. also being able to dig down deep and get into that that very, very, uh, you know, minutia and the detail that you need in order to run your business. So. Exactly. It, 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 think about, and you mentioned it earlier, think about the amount of revenue across the globe that has been lost because an EDI coordinator, a business analyst, didn't have the visibility that an order stuck. An order can't move because of a status code in, in a back-end ERP system. The, the amount of data that we have is great, but it's only as good as the visibility that we give it. And if you can't see what those critical business decisions that you need to make are, then you're going to be stuck. And you might as well go back to paper. Right, because you're not utilizing the systems that uh, that you have in hand. Yeah, and I, I just see it way too often. It and it we, we often pigeon, and I think you said it earlier as well. We we, we think of electronic commerce and, and electronic data as kind of infrastructure, and it's actually it's a cost center. It's something that we have to do because somebody told us to. But 
if we think about the data that's locked up in that infrastructure with no visibility, it's crucial that we have systems that can expose that visibility from, from a standpoint of, not, and I'm not too sure I'm not just talking about analytical dashboards. I'm talking about real live data on demand where a responsible person, responsible party can go and look and take action on that data. That's, that's the key. Yeah, and you know, this reminds me of a of a of a story here. And if if you let me sidebar here for for thirty <laughs> seconds, um, I was working with a food distributor uh, on the West Coast, one of one of our customers, and they recently had invested in in Clean Integration Cloud, which is our our, our cloud product, and and they were on originally they were on the i series, and they were using a you know some legacy solutions. And they work with Clio to get into the cloud. And one thing that was really interesting is I was talking to the, the EDI admin as well as their CIO. And what they said was, by having visibility to all of my integrations, and in majority of what they do is EDI. So let's just, let's call it EDI for a moment. They said it allowed us to go from being a back office IT guy, right? And it was, it was, it was a gentleman, so he used the word guy to being a steward of the business. <laughs> and what was interesting is they said, because the visibility layer that they were able to provide not only helped him in, in troubleshooting, right? Like you said, actionable, right? It's not just something went wrong. It's where did it go wrong? What actions do I need to take? But more importantly, what they found is about 90% of the errors and issues they were having were actually coming from the trading partner because a trading partner would have incorrect information in their orders that were coming in. Wrong SKUs, colors that didn't exist or whatever the case may be, wrong packaging IDs and so on and so forth. And what they did is they actually opened up that visibility layer, Jeff, to their sales team. So what used to happen is the sales team would come to IT and say, hey, what happened? My customer's telling me the order didn't come through, they're getting an error. Now they were able to proactively go in and check out that visibility and 90% of the issues that were coming to IT have just completely vanished because they're able to proactively take care of that, um, take care of those issues on their own, which, which what, it, what it's done is now it's allowed IT now to go back to our first point, which is add more business value. They're now able to go in and have these conversations about what trends they're seeing, what, what information they're seeing from all of their EDI orders coming in so that the business can make better business decisions and they can be proactive with any trading partners that they might have, whether they're looking for production scheduling information or they're looking for capacity information and so on and so forth. So it was just a really nice kind of, you know, real life story from what you're saying um, that, that I've had a, you know, the opportunity to experience myself. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the industry as a whole, and, and I'm going to take, I'm going to say IT as a, as a whole and development staff, some of the times when it comes to things that are customer facing, we assign development resources to build us a system in a dark room without the reality of understanding or putting ourselves even a, a day in the life of what those resources do on a day-to-day -day basis, right? What's an EDI coordinator's position? 
What do they have to do? What are their challenges every single morning? What order processes do they have to do? What deadlines do they have? What sequence do they have to, to go through in order to process all that data? And what's most important to them? And I think a lot of times we forget that. And the software companies like, like Clio that, that have developed tools that give us cockpit information, dashboard information, where me as an administrator, I can sit down and go, okay, these are the five things that are important that I have to do before nine o'clock because EDI is running at 9.05. What do I have to do? That visibility is huge and being able to understand the big picture of it. And a lot of times we, we kind of pigeonhole ourselves into, again, infrastructure, things that just have to happen on a routine basis. Well, business is not routine. There's anomalies that happen. Trading partners make mistakes. Our own back-end ERP systems make mistakes. You know, I, I say all the time, and, and I'm kind of a, an evangelist on, on EDI, EDI's kind of set it and forget it. Once the nuts and bolts and the maps are, are completed, most of my clients, their, their errors, they come from their trading partner and our own systems. And if we can get to that point where we're thinking about what each other does instead of, well, this is an error because of the system did it. It's not, not typical. It really, uh, the systems are robust enough now. They do what we tell them to do. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that, that, that brings me to a, a couple of questions for you. I'm going to hit you rapid fire mm -hmm. here. Sure. So put yourselves in the shoes of, of your customers, right? Um, if you had to go and justify making an investment in EDI, because again, your CFO say is looking at it as a cost center, what would be the three things that you would say to convince your CFO that you need to make an investment in EDI? Yeah, so, so to sure, my first one is how can you not? Look at the bandwidth of, of the resources that you have on staff. Look at the demand that you have from whether it's your sales team pushing you to, to get EDI up and running and making those investments that you need to make, or whether that is the, the customer base. You know, if, if you do uh, EDI with some big box retailers or you're doing business with big, big rock retailers, they won't let you do business without EDI. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's a little cliche to say, but it kind of sells itself. And being able to do some of that modernization internally, the biggest objective that I get is I'm too busy to take a project on like that. And my first response is, if you're too busy, this is exactly what you need, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like, well, I'm too sick to go to the doctor. Okay, so you're just going to stay sick. That makes no sense to me. And under, understanding that it's a small investment from, from a monetary standpoint, it's a small investment. The capital benefits on the back end from maximizing the ability of your systems to work properly, being able to have your resources internally do their jobs properly. And, and, and I always say all the time, look, 
I don't like coordinator, EDI coordinators and business analysts that are just doing mundane tasks. They want to be able to, because of the fact that, and, and I'm going to sidebar here a little bit myself here, Tushar. So if you think about what that resource that handles EDI, whether that's on the technical or the functional side, they really start to understand the business. They have to understand the order to cash process, the procure to pay process, the, 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 the plan to manufacture. They have to understand it to get the data out. Those resources very quickly turn into value adds in your business because they, in, they know the entire model. They know it from a data standpoint, but it's not a real hard leap to go from a very strategic analytical type of resource that you have groomed and you didn't even know it. So being able to take those resources and I, and I call it giving it back to the business, give those high value resources back so that the electronic systems can do the mundane tasks. That's one of the biggest ways that we can modernize our systems is allowing that process to happen and use technology to do that. I love it, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeff Copper from CAT, uh, just a wealth of knowledge on the EDI side. And, you know, one of the things that we like to do here, Jeff, is um, I like to surprise my guests with, a, with an, an oddball question, a uh, completely random question that they were not prepared for. And so the question I'm going to ask you is, what is the craziest Halloween costume, even though it's not anywhere near Halloween, but I, I have to admit, I, I, I was uh, creeping on your, on your uh, Twitter profile and one of the things you, uh, you shared was around Halloween. And so it just triggered my mind. What is the craziest Halloween costume that you have ever had? <laughs> I would have to say it was back in my high school days. I was on the football team. And uh, they, uh, there was a bunch of us that ended up dressing up like cheerleaders. That was probably the craziest one. I love it. Well, you know what? <laughs> uh, I will say I am one of your real-life cheerleaders here. I appreciate all of the partnership that you and your organization have had with Clio. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeff Copper. Jeff, thanks again for your time today. Looking forward to our thanks next conversation. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Take Thank care. You. Bye.